0: Good morning, New Life. My name is Chris. If we haven't met yet, I'm one of your pastors here. Uh, before we get cranked up, just a couple of uh, reminders, a couple of notes. As Pastor Mike uh, already mentioned uh, to the dozens and dozens and dozens of you who helped us out yesterday at our annual Fall Fest. Thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts. We couldn't do it without you. We had an amazing day here on our campus. Had tons of people here. Had a great chance. To really meet some practical needs, uh, did some free haircuts. We're giving away food, giving away clothes, and uh, also just have a lot of fun with people in our community. And got to build some relationships. So really grateful uh, for you, our church family, and your participation in that outreach event yesterday. Also, just to note: uh, if you're here, I know a lot of you are here, and you're and you're relatively new here. So if you're here and you're not yet connected beyond Sunday morning, so you're not yet connected. Uh, to a community group, or perhaps you're here and for uh, a variety of reasons, maybe you were at one point in a group, now you're not, just encourage you. We have our next regroup event coming up in less than two weeks, 13 days. It's on a Saturday the 27th, 10 a.m. right here at New Life. So if you don't have a group, that's a great chance just to come and hang out for about an hour, hour and a half, hear about the groups that are meeting all over the city And even meet some of our group leaders who have openings uh, in their community groups. So if you're not plugged in, this is your next step. You can sign up for that on our website, on our app, or at the Next Steps booth on your way out. But I hope that you'll uh, come to that regroup event if you're not already connected. All right. If you've been here for a little while, you know that uh, the month of October here at New Life is a little bit of a different month. It's a good month. It's an exciting month. It's a month where we like to just kind of hit pause. On the craziness of life, we like to just take a a deep breath. So why don't you do that with me? Let's take a deep breath. (sighs) Exhale. Doesn't that feel good? Don't you already feel more relaxed? So we just like to take a deep breath in October, and we like to use this month to really remind one another of why we're on this planet. Because for a lot of us, if we're just being truthful this morning, we just sort of race through life on autopilot. I know I'm in this season of life right now. Many of you are as well. We're just busy. We're just so busy. We're busy doing all sorts of things. Like if you're in my stage of life, you're busy raising a family and shuttling kids back and forth from soccer practices and dance recitals and dentist appointments, doctor's appointments, paying bills and going to work. We just live our lives at this incredible breakneck speed that is not healthy for us. And frankly, it's not what God has designed for us. It's not the way that he wants for us to live. It's not how we're going to thrive as human beings. And so oftentimes we just wonder like, man, why am I so stressed out? Why do I feel burned out? Why do I feel empty in my life half the time? It's because we haven't connected to this rhythm, this way that God wants us to live our lives. And so I think in the middle of the chaos that is all of our lives on some level this morning, I think God has a message for each one of us and he wants us to slow down long enough he wants us to pause he wants us to be still and he wants to, us to listen and to hear this message this is what i think he was saying to us as as a church body and as individuals this morning you have been created for more you've been created for more than the rat race You've been created for more than the 9 to 5 and the 401k. You've been created for more than just paying bills and living in the stress of everyday life. And I think deep down, we all know that to be true, but sometimes we just need to hear it. We just need to be reminded of that truth. I know I constantly need that reminder in my life. Now, here here's what I don't want you to hear. And I think a lot of a lot of pastors are guilty of this. I know I've been guilty of this at times in my life as well. We'll do a message series kind of like this one about God's mission or whatever. And we kind of lay it out there and there's a disconnect. And what happens sometimes I think is you end up feeling guilty or you end up feeling disconnected because as we just kind of lay these truths out there, you're thinking in your mind, dude, I'm just trying to keep food on my kid's table and keep my head above water. And you're talking about getting on an airplane and going to Africa or Asia or someplace like that. So I guess I just can't be a part of God's mission. And that's sort of the thought that gets unintentionally communicated oftentimes through messages or message series like this one, and I just want you to know that's not true. It's not true. Everybody has a part to play in God's mission. Now, to be sure, God will call some of you, I pray God would call many of you to go on short-term mission trips. God, I I pray that he would just Call some of us out. Some of you are sitting here this morning just to sell all your stuff and go for a year or two years or five years or your whole life. Man, I cannot wait for the day when we as New Life Community Church are just like sending out missionaries, sending out church planters to plant churches all over Western North Carolina and around the world. God, raise us up to send us out. And I hope, listen, especially if you're here and you're young. Let me talk to you. If you're, like, if you're in high school right now, if you're in college, if you're, especially if you're a young single in your 20s or, or 30s, I would just like challenge you to pray about it. Right? I think we, we got it kind of twisted in our mind. We think like, man, unless an angel appears to me at night and says, hey, Johnny, I want you to go to Africa. We think, well, we're, we're waiting on some kind of weird, unbiblical call like that. So I just want to say, if you're young and you're a follower of Jesus this morning, I think the question for you should be, why not missions? Like, not, not looking for a reason to go or a weird, special, unbiblical calling to go, but why not missions? Like, why not give a year or two of my life to God's global mission of calling people who are far off from him to come and be near to him? like we, a gap year, whatever you want to call it, but just with a, with a global purpose behind it. And as a pastor here, I, w- I would love, I, I would love to see us get to the point where just like the vast majority of our high school and college graduates just go. Like this is just a part of our culture here. You graduate and you just go for a year or two. And we'll help you. We'll help finance you. We'll get you connected to the right organizations and structures. But just like, man, let's just be a part of this mission. And God will call some of us to get on an airplane and to go. And we must go to the nations. But for many of us, really for all of us, God has called us to a life on mission right where we are like right here in Asheville, right where you live, work, and play every single day of your life. That's really easy to say, like, yeah, I'm going to live my life on mission with God every single day, right where I live, work, and play. But what does that look like practically speaking? Like fleshed out, what does that look like on Monday morning when you get up and you go to work or school or whatever? So I want us to take a look at how Jesus lived his life. And then I want us to answer the question together, how can we model that in our everyday lives? So, so how can I look at Jesus the way that he lived? And then how can I imitate that in my life Right now, So not when I get on an airplane one day, possibly at some point in the future and go to Turkey or Zambia or some other place. Like right now on Monday morning when the alarm goes off at 6 a.m. and I drive to work or I go to school or whatever your day looks like. How do I answer that question? How do I model the way Jesus lived his life in my life every single day? So if you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it or turn it on and head for... Uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. That's where we'll park this morning, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. And just to give you a little context, at this point, Jesus is going from town to town. Jesus is preaching the good news of God's kingdom. Jesus is healing people left and right at this point in the narrative. He's just raised a, a little girl from death to life, and people are going nuts, as you can imagine. They're just spreading this news all across Israel. Uh, This news about Jesus is spreading like wildfire. That's where we're going to step in. Matthew 9, beginning in verse 27. And Matthew writes this. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying aloud, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he, that is Jesus, entered the house, the blind man came to him And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. And then Jesus sternly warned them, see that no one knows about it. But they went away and spread his fame throughout all the district. So Jesus heals these two blind guys. He says, hey, listen, uh, don't, don't tell anybody about this right now. And the, crowd, the crowds are already getting too big. Just, just kind of keep this to yourself for a little while. And what, what do they do? What would you do? They go and tell everybody that they see, hey, we met this Jesus guy and he touched her eyes and now we can see, right? If you were blind and some guy comes to you and he says, hey, listen, I'm God. And then he proves it by healing you. How can you not just go like, tell everybody that you run across, I want you to hear that. Hey, believer, listen to the. Isn't that precisely what Jesus has done for all of us on a spiritual level? Like don't, don't we sing that here? Once we were blind, but because of Jesus, now now we see? See, the, the reaction to... to From these guys to being healed physically by Jesus, frankly, should be our reaction to being healed by Jesus spiritually. Like we just like and tell everybody who will listen to us. Like, hey, I know know this sounds crazy, but I know this guy, and he healed me. He stepped into my life, and he changed my life, and I know that he wants to do that. I know that he can do that in your life, too. Like, shouldn't that just be a mark of our lives, just like these blind guys who were healed? Verse 32. As they were going away, behold, a demon-oppressed man who was mute was brought to him. And when the demon had been cast out, the mute man spoke. And the crowds marveled, saying, never was anything like this seen in Israel. So the crowd brings this demon-oppressed man who couldn't speak at all to Jesus. And Jesus just, just cast the demon out like, like it was nothing. Nothing. The guy begins, he begins to talk and the the crowd, they lose their minds. They start saying, man, we have never seen anything like this in our lives. And you just picture him asking, have you ever seen anybody do this? No, 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 no. Have you ever seen it? No, we've never seen anything like this. What is going on? And you know, there were whispers like, could this be the Messiah? Like, could this be the Son of God that the prophets have talked about for thousands of years that we've been waiting? Like, it's gotta be Him, right? Nobody's ever done anything like this. And Jesus is doing all of this to authenticate His message and to prove that He was who He said He was, that He is who He says He is. Verse 35, "'And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, "'teaching in their synagogues "'and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom.'" In healing every disease and every affliction. Now what's Jesus doing here? How's How's he living his life? Well, I see two things very clearly that he's doing primarily in this text. Two things that I think marked his everyday life. And two things that should mark our everyday lives. And I want you to understand these, these two things can absolutely transform your everyday life from just kind of a mundane, boring, meaningless nine to five life into an exciting, adventurous life on mission with God. Two things that Jesus modeled for us in everyday life. First is he was sharing the good news of the kingdom. Like every, anybody that, who would listen, he was just telling about this good news. We call this the gospel. The gospel literally means good news, right? This, this news that there is a God in heaven, that even in our sin, even in our rebellion, that this God, he loved us. He loved you so much that he came on a rescue mission for us, that he came, that he lived the life, the perfect life that we should have lived. He died the death, a brutal death that we all deserved to die. And then he rose again on the third day to free us from that sin and death. And just as Jesus lived his life sharing that good news with anybody who would listen, so that should be a mark of our lives as believers as well. The second thing Jesus did was he went about healing people. Jesus cared about people deeply. See, he wasn't just looking for uh, conversions or notches on his spiritual belt. He saw people's pain. And then he, he would step into their pain and he would love them in powerful and meaningful ways. And so the first big truth this morning is that we can live on mission every single day of our life simply by caring for people and sharing with people. We just follow his pattern, and it sounds simple. It's not complicated, and it, it's really, it really is simple. But it's also really hard, isn't it? I think it's hard to live with that type, that level of intentionality, that every single person we come across. Every single day of our lives, every situation in our lives that, that pops up during our chaotic day, we begin to ask the question, how can I care for this person? Like how, can, how can I love this person well? How can I step into their pain? How can I help shoulder their burden and begin to help heal their wounds? So we begin to ask that question about everybody they got to cross our path with. And then we also have a second question that we begin to ask ourselves, and that's how can I share the good news of God's kingdom with these people as I love them? This news that, man, Jesus came and Jesus gives life and he gives freedom and I've experienced it and I know he wants you to experience it. Like that's our mission as followers of Jesus to care about people, to heal people, to restore, to love, to share the good news of God's kingdom with them. It's simple, but it's hard. And yet that's the pattern that Jesus left us. And that's the calling of the disciple of Jesus. We care for people and we then open our mouths and we tell them why we love them in that way. And this mission is not a mission just for a select few Navy SEAL Christians who go on mission trips overseas. Man, this is is for every single one of us Every single day of every day of our lives. Church, could you, just, could you imagine what would happen if we all begin to do this? Just live like Jesus every day of our life with that level of intentionality, caring for people, loving people in a practical way, and then sharing the good news of God's kingdom. Like if all of us just begin to live with that level of intentionality in our relationships, that would absolutely change the landscape of our city in no time. It's been said, you've probably heard this, but I think it's true. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And isn't that true? And it's true in my life. I don't care what you know until I know that you Care about me, and once I know that you care about me, you have the freedom to speak into my life and invest in my life. That's how we we are as human beings we have to love people, and then we can share the news of God's kingdom with them. Friend, we have to love people in real and practical ways. One of the ways we do that is through our partnerships here in the city, and you'll hear from uh, four of our partners in just a minute. But before we uh, get there, I need you to see a couple more things. Verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. So just imagine for a moment the scene, okay? Just transport yourself back 2,000 years ago to this scene. And you just have these huge crowds, you have people being healed left and right whispers, right, about like who, who this Jesus guy might actually be. It's really this, this sort of incredible scene. But have you ever stopped and thought about what Jesus was seeing when he looked out at that sea of people? Have you ever thought about what Jesus was, was thinking? See, Matthew says that he scans, Jesus scans the sea of people in front of him, and he sees the faces of Men and women and little boys and little girls, people who under Roman occupation, for the most part, would have been broken people, forgotten, abandoned, abused, impoverished, neglected, mistreated, marginalized people. Matthew says they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Church, you know what happens to sheep without a shepherd? They get lost really, really quickly and they get injured and they get sick. They're very vulnerable. They get preyed upon by ferocious predators. Eventually they're killed. And Jesus, he looks at these people and Matthew says he felt compassion for them. Now, the Greek word for that word that we translate compassion, it literally means to be moved so deeply to one's bowels. In other words, Jesus Felt this in his gut. Like, have you, have you ever been just moved so deeply by something that you literally had a physical reaction, like your guts, your heart literally aches or hurts? Have you ever had that experience? I remember years ago, I was, was, I can't remember if it was an email or a website or something. Some of you guys have seen this picture because it won a whole bunch of prizes and stuff. Um, but there was a picture of a little African baby a child, probably two years old, three years old, just looked like a skeleton. And this baby was crawling across the desert floor and there was a huge bird of prey stalking it, waiting on the baby to die so it could feast. And I just remember looking at that picture and weeping in my office. That's what Jesus felt when he looked into the eyes of these people. His heart burned for them. Just burn for them. And just let me, let me say, I, I know that some of you are here in this room this morning and you, you're just like the people that Jesus looked at 2,000 years ago and he felt compassion for. Like whether you realize it or not, you're, 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 sheep, you're sheep without a shepherd and you're battered and you're bruised by this life and maybe you feel forgotten and abandoned and hopeless. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to know that God sees you. I want you to know that God sees you, and I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that you're not alone, you're not abandoned, and you're not forgotten. You are created and you are loved more than you dare imagine. And Jesus invites you to come to Him this morning. He's the good shepherd, and He can care for you, and He can bind up your wounds, and He's the one who can set you free. And so for those of us this morning who have already been set free by the good shepherd, here's the second truth that I want us to take home this morning. Our hearts, believer, our hearts should burn for the people in our lives who are like sheep without a shepherd. Our hearts should burn for them. Just like Jesus did. And those people are all around you every single day of your life. And here's the thing that concerns me as a pastor as I kind of look out at the landscape of Christianity in America. And if I'm being honest, really honest, the thing that concerns me when I look at my own heart, see, a lot lot of us know the right answers. A a, a lot of us are, are Christians in our heads, but we live our lives like practical atheists. Right? We, we say that we believe all this stuff. We, we say that we believe all this stuff about God raising Jesus from the dead and giving people life and hope and freedom. Like, and He's the only way. We say we believe all that. And then we so often, too often, we go out and we live our lives like it doesn't matter at all. And for a lot of us, our lives just communicate to the world around us that we just don't care very much at the end of the day. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The opposite of love is not hatred. The opposite of love is indifference. It's just not caring enough to do anything. And like Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, your heart should burn for these people who are just like we once were, sheep without a shepherd, abused, lonely, marginalized, separated from a good God who created them and loves them. Our hearts should burn for these people in our lives. And Jesus turns back to his disciples and says this in verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So Jesus looks at his disciples and he goes, look, look out at the sea of People. Look out, you see all these people. These people are like sheep without a shepherd. They're a harvest with no laborers. They're a harvest with no farmers. And Jesus was saying in, in a real way, I mean, they, like these people, this sea of people, they are starving for God's kingdom. They're, like, they're searching and they're, they're looking and half the time they don't even know what they're looking for. They don't know what they're searching for. So they just like fill the void, chasing all sorts of stuff. And all this stuff does is leave him more battered, more broken, more abused, more empty, more hopeless. What Jesus was saying in a real sense to his disciples is like, who's gonna go to them? Who's gonna go to all these people who are sheep without a shepherd? Who's gonna tell them that the shepherd that they're looking for is already here, that I am that shepherd? Who's gonna tell them that? I love this quote by a French physicist and uh, theologian, Blaise Pascal. Pascal said this, there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot, will not be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the creator made known through Jesus Christ. What Pascal was saying is that every man on this planet, every woman, every little boy, every little girl, is trying to fill that God-shaped vacuum in their lives with something. It's different from person to person. It could be one of a billion different things. Everybody's trying to fill that with with something. And Jesus is saying to his disciples, like, we should look at the sea of people in our lives, in our city, in this world, we should be moved to compassion. Like, our hearts should burn within us for them. And then Jesus tells his disciples what he wants them to do about it, verse 38. He says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So Jesus says, I want you, disciples, I want you to look at this crowd. I want you to look at the sea of people. Here's what I want you to do about it. I want you to get on your knees. I want you to pray earnestly. I want you to pray for them relentlessly. Pray for them. Pray that God would send laborers to them. But that's not all he says. Look at Matthew 10, verse 1. And he, that is Jesus, called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Don't miss this, church. Jesus tells his disciples to pray, but that's not where it stops. He says, Pray, and then I want you to go into the harvest. I want you to get into their mess. We need to dive into their pain. And I want you to become the answer to their prayers. And by the way, Jesus says, I'm giving you my authority. As you live like me, as my disciples, as you go out as my ambassadors, I'm giving you my authority. And So Jesus is clear. As believers, our response must be, this is our third and final point this morning, we must pray for people and we must go after people. We pray for them and then we chase them. Friend, our our, our prayer life should be marked by pleas, by begging God for those in our lives who are like sheep without a shepherd. Our prayer journal should be tear-stained testaments to our love for the people in our lives who are broken and without hope just as we were before Christ. Our prayer should be God save my son, God save my daughter, God rescue my friend, rescue my coworker, use me, do whatever it takes. Believer, are those the types of prayers that mark your spiritual journey? Those are the type of prayers that you're praying for people in your life. And if they're not, we need to repent. Because this is what our Savior has instructed us to be about in our lives. We get off of our knees and we wipe away the tears. And then we go and we get into people's lives. And we love them and we serve them and we bind up wounds and we buy groceries and we mow yards and we share the love of Jesus and we tell them about the kingdom of God. And I want you to understand every single one of us in the room this morning, we can do that. We can be about that every single day of our life. You don't have to get on an airplane to go to Africa to do that. You can do that every single day of your life. And we should. That's what our life should look like. Our life should look like Jesus, should smell like Jesus, just have the aroma of Jesus all over us. And one of the ways that we at New Life like to engage our city is through our local partnerships here in Asheville. Now I want to invite four of them up on the stage right now. Caleb Bradshaw, he's at ABCCM, he's the director of community outreach. Jeff Levinson, he's a counselor at Woodfin Elementary School, who we partner with. We partnered with yesterday for the Fall Fest. Christy Browns is a new executive director at MAPS, Mount Area Pregnancy Services. And then at the end, we have Terry Wilkin, he's the executive director at New City Christian School. And I think it's just healthy for us as a church family, again, to hit pause at least once a year and kind of examine that question man, what are we on this planet for? And so these guys are going to share with you a little bit about what they're doing right here in our city and then about ways that you can connect and get involved in Jesus' mission beyond Sunday morning. Caleb?
1: Thank you for letting me be here today. And thank you for supporting ABCCM. So you may be wondering, what are we involved in? What are we doing? Well, we do a number of things in the community. One of them is through a crisis ministry that serves one in out of every 10 people in Buncombe County that came to us for something because they were in need through counseling, through food, clothing, sometimes furniture, and financial assistance. Or a medical clinic that serves about 26% of the uninsured in Buncombe County, where we were also able to give out about $3.4 million worth of care to these individuals. Or our homeless services, which is represented with uh, Steadfast House and the Veterans Restoration Quarters they were able to help over 1,200 homeless individuals and helped get about 654 into transitional housing. Our veterans and employment and training ministry, they helped about 313 people get into stable jobs and had about an 82% job placement rate. And then our jail ministry, they helped provide meaning and direction to inmates through Bible studies, uh, through materials, and through chaplaincy. And so, as I look back, I go, "Well, what's winning in our ministry? What's going on?" I said, "Jesus is winning." That's always the answer. That we're seeing lives transform through our weekly Bible studies and our volunteer chaplains that are serving at the jail ministry, at the Veterans Restoration Quarters, and Steadfast House. You know, consistently, we have seen people from New Life Community Church uh, step out into the gap and help rise to meet those needs. Just last year, we had about eighty-three people from this congregation. Go out to our community in ABCCM and serve, and they served a little over 2,500 hours. And so I want to say thank you very much to all those that have served in that capacity, because we can't do without you. You're the lifeblood of how this ministry really functions. Well, let me tell you about some of our needs. In our crisis ministry, uh, we need people to come in and serve, and be there for about three to four hours a week. Uh, Typically, they serve, you know, once a once a week, and they do it in the morning or they do it in the afternoon. Uh, We also have needs at our um, steadfast house for meal preparations and also for teaching opportunities. And not just teaching the adults, but also looking at teaching the kids uh, to help them uh, establish themselves, to get through challenges, to get through trauma. We've been consistently seeing people rise up and because we see people's lives transformed, and that's why we do this. We do this in the name of our Lord. Now, The thing that I really need you to do is I need you to help support your missionaries. And I need you to support them through prayer, uh, through financial assistance, and also through serving. And you say, what do you mean missionaries? Well, that's what you did. When you sent us volunteers, they really are your missionaries that are sent out into the community. And so I need you to help equip them in that good service. Now, when I came in this morning, uh, I didn't just have one person. I had a number of people. They smiled at me. And they genuinely welcomed me in to the, to the church. And I appreciated that. So you have absolutely no reason to say, I can't volunteer. Because if you were smiling at me on the way in, I need you smiling at all those people that are coming in to get help. And so if you, um, you say, well, I'm not sure how I'm going to volunteer. Well, we're going to train you on how to volunteer. So I want you to follow up with me after the service. Or you can go look at our website and see about the volunteer opportunities, or you can email us at volunteer at abccm.org. Thank you. Thanks, Caleb.
0: ABCCM does such an incredible job in our city, and, man, they're involved in so many different aspects of ministry in Asheville, from uh, the eradication of the homeless epidemic here to really loving women and children who have been abused, to working with military veterans and in our prison system, and uh, such an just an incredible um, organization here in Asheville. Really appreciate uh, ABCCM, appreciate getting to be a part of it. Jeff, why don't you come up and share? Jeff is a counselor at Woodfin Elementary, who we also partner with.
2: Thank you. Very glad to be here for a second day in a row. I uh, just want to start off by saying thank you so much uh, to this Church, for supporting and putting on our fall festival yesterday. Um, I was hanging out in the parking lot pretending I was a pirate. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Hopefully you made it out. And it was a special day, hopefully, for for your families and all of the children from uh, Woodfin Elementary uh were walking around with smiles on their faces and and that was just a really cool thing to see um i come to you as a representative of the school today um i love woodfin elementary i've been there this is my six years a school counselor there and it is home for me um so i, I we want to thank you for your dedication and service and you guys have done many things throughout the past you know five or six years that i've been there um To be partners and support our families our students and our staff Um, such as focusing on uh, helping our staff to feel welcomed and safe and secure at school Um, things such as bringing coffee and donuts or providing meals when we have all-day trainings Um, those things go a long way even though you know you you may think it's just food but uh, to teachers and to staff in a school that is the best thing sugar and caffeine are great, <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, again, uh, the, the Fall Festival and the partnership that we have with you guys um, doing the Fall Festival is just one of our, our highlights of the year, and we love that. Um, we had a successful 5K fundraiser this last year, which is tons of fun. It's a community-wide event, and there were a lot of uh, folks from this congregation that participated or volunteered in that, and mark your calendars. April twenty seventh. It seems like a long way out, but it's it's coming up. We'll, we'll make it through winter first. But April twenty seventh is our next five k. Um, and we had a hundred and ninety nine runners last year slash walkers slash bikers. And uh, let's break two hundred this year. Um, I may. Well, I'm the DJ, so I guess I can't run. <laughs> 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 um, you also. Often come to our, our campus and help beautify it um, it's It's a big old building with lots of needs and um I think it was a few weeks ago, there was a team from New Life that was out there doing a whole lot of work and helping us just to make it an inviting place for our students and our families and our community who comes to use our facilities. Um, If you've not been to Woodfin Elementary School before, we are a public school in Buncombe County. Uh, We serve uh, about 130 students, uh, grades kindergarten through fourth grade. We're one of the smallest schools in the county. we have 100% free, and free lunch and breakfast, so every single student that comes in our doors is guaranteed to have lunch and breakfast at no cost. About 25% of our students are learning English as a second language. Excuse me. So some of our kids come in the door not even speaking an ounce of English, so they're starting out with challenges right off the bat. Some of our primary caregivers are aunts, uncles, uh, grandfathers, grandmothers, and some of our families work multiple jobs just to meet very basic needs. So as we're looking forward to this school year, we've had a great start to the school year. Um, we often see students that come to school with a lot on their shoulders, so they walk through the door with with things that, you know, and I hear the stories as the counselor, things that I couldn't imagine coming to school with. Um, so one of the ways that um, you guys have been supporting us as we have a Lunch Buddy program, which is really cool to see. Um, I was talking to one of the Lunch Buddies in Between Services who was working with a fourth grader last year, and um, she moved on to Eblin Intermediate, which serves fifth and sixth graders. And, and she said that she asked this, this student, um, you know, if she would like her to come to Eblin, and um, the student told her, yes, but only every other Monday. So um, it's a really impactful and neat thing, and all you have to do is come and hang out with a child. You, could, you might end up talking about video games for a half an hour, and you might be totally confused like me. Um, or you, you never know, but building those relationships with children is key, uh, and we couldn't do it without you guys. Um, another concern is just meeting some of our family's basic needs. We have a, a clothing closet and a food pantry, Um, we'd like to, um, increase, uh, our parent support, possibly by doing some parent education, parenting classes or, or groups, single parent connections. And you guys also have done an awesome job of providing holiday assistance for us. Um, Thanksgiving time, providing meals or, or gift cards to a grocery store. And also at Christmas time, providing toys and clothes for students that may not, have those at all um, for holidays this year um, an area of focus for us we're working on improving our gym our building is is really old i believe it was built in the 40s or 50s um, or even earlier there there's a sign outside i don't remember what it says um, but our gym is old there's no in, there, there's insulation on the walls but it's not covered um Buncombe <laughs> county schools uh installed a new floor this summer which is the first time ever in this gym and it is just awesome so we're really trying to to beautify the gym it's used by the community it's used by our students it's used by the woodfin police department to stay healthy um, so they can better serve us as a community um, one of the things we're looking to do is is buy and install a projector um and uh just make that a, a better place. If you've ever been there for one of our assemblies, our chairs were falling apart and we're, we're getting new chairs this week, which is really exciting. I think the chairs we have are from 1962 or something like that. Um, lastly, um, as a staff each year, we have an area that our student improvement team, or school improvement team comes up with um, to focus on. And our focus this year is self-care. we realize that th- that Our team comes and we're dedicated to our students and our our families and we we run and run and run, but sometimes we forget to take care of ourselves. So um, we want to be 100% for our families when they walk through the door, for our students when they walk through the door. Um, So one way that we're doing that is starting monthly um, self-care sessions. So last month was a yoga session, though not all of us are interested in yoga, so there'll be different opportunities. Um, so if if you have a way that you would like to support us in taking care of ourselves as well, besides caffeine and donuts and sugar, which is is self-care for some of us, um, we'd appreciate it. Again, thank you so much for being a wonderful partner with Woodfin Elementary. We love New Life Community Church and uh, can't say enough about how much we appreciate you guys. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jeff. We love partnering with Woodfin Elementary and Christy Brown is with MAPS and she's going to share a little bit about what they do.
3: Well, good morning. What a pleasure it is to be here worshiping with you at New Life this morning. My name is Christy Brown. I started in July as the new executive director for MAPS. However, I am a native of this county and I was born and raised not too far from here and go to church not too far from here, actually. So thank you for having me. If you're not familiar with MAPS, we work with women and families experiencing unplanned pregnancies and or families who go through some type of loss related to pregnancy. Maybe the baby is lost in utero or maybe it's right after delivery. So we have multiple services. Because of your generous support that you graciously provide to us and know that we could not do what we do without your support. God has been on the move in recent days and weeks at MAPS, and that's what I wanted to share this morning briefly. We had a lady come in our office this week with an unplanned pregnancy. We knew coming into the visit that her first pregnancy had ended in abortion. She came in. She was not happy to be pregnant. We did the pregnancy test to confirm the pregnancy. We went in to do the ultrasound, She was so not happily pregnant that she didn't want to see the baby images on the screen with the ultrasound. She covered her eyes. We had people in our building praying because I'm here to tell you what's happening in our building many days is truly spiritual warfare. And so we had people praying. Two hours later, she walked out that door after we kept counseling with her, saying she had changed her mind on her pregnancy and that she would refer people to MAPS. Church, you saved that baby's life. Thank you. We've also seen God on the move in our counseling program. We had three new clients come in in September. They had all had past abortions. They wanted hope and healing from that experience. They're in our counseling program. Our counselor got to share the gospel with them. Praise Jesus, right? And so we got to share the love of God. How can you help us? Your generous. Financial support keeps us going. That's important. But we need your prayers. As I mentioned, the lives we deal with are quite messy. And so we need your prayers there at MAPS. We can use you to come in and help teach some parenting classes from time to time. It may be coming in and answering the phone. We also need volunteers for things like maybe fixing a broken toilet. I am not a plumber, I'm here to tell you. Um, It may be something like you're really good with social media. Whatever your skills and talents Come see me in the lobby after church and let me know that. I'd love to shake your hand and meet you. Thank you again, You Life, for your generous support. We are so grateful for you.
0: I think there, there have been times in the past when the church in America has been really good at telling the world around us what we're against. And oftentimes, too rarely good at telling the world around us what we're for and coming alongside of women. And loving women and children in real and practical ways, and that's exactly what MAPS does. So we're super grateful to be partnering with them. Terry, come on up, brother.
4: Thank you. Good morning. My name is Terry Wilkin. I'm here representing New City Christian School uh, today, and we uh, we are a private, non-denominational Christian school in West Asheville. Uh, But you may say, well, there are a lot of Christian schools in this area, the Asheville area. What's different about New City? Uh, The thing that makes us different from the others is uh, that uh, the number one reason any family can afford to send a child or their children uh, to New City, because tuition is based on the family's income. It's based on what they can afford to pay, which... uh, uh, I don't know of another school like that in the area, but we're, uh, we are reaching kids that, uh, and, and we limit our class sizes to 12, so there's no way you can hide in a class of 12. You have to learn, and uh, our students are doing well. Uh, in fact, uh, at the end of May, our end of the school testing for last year, uh, 88% of our third through fifth graders were reading at or above grade level. And 92% were at or above grade level in math. That's that's huge. Those are statistics that any school would be very proud of. But uh, how is it possible for these families to be able to send their students to this school and only pay uh, what they can afford? Well, it's due to the gener- generosity of churches, businesses, individuals like you, like this church that uh, supplements these students in uh, their uh, tuition and makes it possible. My main job is to get people to the school to visit it and see it. And uh, actually, that's what the Lord used to grab my heart about a year and a half ago. I moved to Hendersonville to retire after a 44-year career. And uh, after visiting that school, I knew that I wanted to invest in it, uh, my life. And a lot of Chris's message today, I've heard it twice now. I was here for the first service, too, and it's, uh, it's sunk in, but uh, a very, very powerful message about getting involved. And uh, I moved to Hendersonville ready to, or retired. I was going to play golf and check out all the good restaurants in Asheville and so forth, but uh, God had different plans for me, and I'm so glad that he did, uh, but when I went to that school, I went into the second grade classroom, and this, this uh, second grader came up to me and shook my hand, looked me in the eye and shook my hand and said, welcome to our school, and uh, I thought, wow, this school is teaching respect along with knowledge, confidence, and hope and uh we believe that we're raising up some of the future leaders for this community uh and it's uh there's no no greater investment uh that i could commit my life to in these years right now but uh we're so grateful for uh and one of our teachers by the way is a was me- a member of this church Tanya Johnson many of you know Tanya and Abe uh we recognized her in the first service but um we uh uh, it's a big reason for our success as dedicated teachers like like Tanya Johnson. But uh, this church has invested in, uh, in New City in a number of ways. In fact, one of your community groups, the, the Bradshaw's group, I believe it is, uh, did Christmas stockings for all of our students, all 50 of our students last year, came to school, and these are filled with gifts. And what an awesome blessing that was. To the students. There's a lot of ways that folks can get involved. Mark Carlson and I are working on on a few things right now, but even we like to bless our teachers when we can. We have a couple of churches that bring in a lunch maybe once a month just to say thank you to our teachers and to bless them, And but uh, <clears throat> we're working on more and more ways uh, for this church to plug in uh, as you feel led to do so. But uh, Thank you. We also need more uh, sponsors to sponsor the tuition for these students. So some of you are able to do that. Some of you can just maybe give a small monthly gift to supplement this. Uh, but, uh, and also we want more students. We have about uh, maybe tw- space for maybe 20 more students. That uh, So recruit. Uh, I'll be in the back. I've got some brochures. Uh, please see me. And uh, uh, if you know of families that for the next school year that are looking for a different school, uh, send them our way. But I warn you, if you come over for a visit, the Lord may use it to grab your heart, just like he did mine, and uh, we'll see what happens. But thank you for your prayers for us and uh, for all your support. God bless you.
1: Thank you. Thanks, guys.
0: So grateful, so grateful for our partners uh, in the city. And uh, those are some great ways that your community group, you individually can plug in as the band comes. I want to leave you just with one question to kind of consider, hopefully roll around in your mind as you leave, as you kind of step into your crazy everyday life tomorrow. And the question I want to leave you with is, who are the sheep without a shepherd in your life right now? Who are those people? And I promise you, you have those people in your, in your life. Who, who, who are the people in the harvest field with no laborers, with no farmers right now? And I think the question that God would ask us this morning is, what are you going to do about it? Do you, do you care enough to do anything about it, right? Jesus said, pray for them and then get up off your knees and go after them. Chase them, right? Love them in practical ways and tell them the good news of God's kingdom, Let's pray and then we'll sing. God, would you forgive us of our indifference, God? Father, would you forgive us of just not caring so often? And Holy Spirit, would you, would you just set our hearts ablaze for the, for the people, for the scores of people in our lives who are, like Jesus said, like sheep without a shepherd. God, the people in our life who who need the good shepherd, who need Jesus to to rescue them like he's rescued us. Set them free just like he set us free, God, in this life, but not only in this life, in eternity. And it's in his good name that we ask and we pray the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, would you stand with me?